This is the Fearless Presentations Podcast, the fastest, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Welcome back to the Fearless Presentations podcast. I'm Doug Standard. I'm CEO of Fearless Presentations, and this podcast is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. Hey, just so you guys know, I, I we do a lot of teaching on the podcast, and it's a good way, especially for folks who have been through our two-day public speaking classes, to really kind of keep in touch with us and continue to grow after they go through one of the two-day public speaking classes. But just so you know, the, the one of the best ways to get a positive change in your confidence speaking in front of a group or in your ability to deliver communication to an audience effectively is to go into a controlled environment like a presentation class. Um, just so you know, we have a few of those coming up uh, this month. So if you're listening to the podcast sometime around the time that I'm recording it in February of 2018. Uh, We actually have quite a few classes coming up in March. We've got classes in Charlotte and Minneapolis, Nashville, Houston, St. Louis, San Francisco, Denver. Uh, So so we do these classes in a lot of different cities around the world about every three or four months or so. So if you can't make any of these classes or if you didn't hear your city listed, go on to our website at fearlesspresentations.com. You can get some great information about the classes and the schedule and how to register for one of one of these. All right, so we've got a great podcast today. Um, one of the, the things that we're going to cover very early on is the new tech find. And I, I got to say, it, when you hear the tech find, it might be something that you've already heard of, but they've updated it in a way to where it's very, very helpful, especially if you give presentations to people that are in a different office, that are in a different city than you are. So if you're doing webinars and that kind of thing, then this tech find can be really, really helpful. And then on today's podcast, we're going to cover how to really persuade people with just your words. How do you win people to your way of thinking? And I know we've covered persuasion techniques in the past, but this is actually a, a session that I created custom for a client of, uh, last week, and, and it went over so well that I thought I might just cover the podcast on that content as well. So if you ever have to do consulting with people or coaching or if you have to persuade them, or if, let's say, for instance, you're a professional and it's important for you to kind of promote ideas that will be of value to your to your patient or to your client or to your customer, then this podcast can be very, very helpful. So let's move forward with this week's Tech Find. Tech Find. High-tech gadgets to make your presentations better. So this week's Tech Find is probably something that's been around for a long time, but it's something that I've had a, a brand new experience with. Um, it's it's basically in the Google Docs. So if you go to Google and or if you just type in Google Docs into Google, you'll kind of see it's a Google Docs is a kind of a a, um, a warehouse of, of shared documents. It's a place where you can store your Microsoft Word documents and your PowerPoint presentations and and um, Excel spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff from from the old days, the old Microsoft Word Office days. Uh, the neat thing about Google Docs is that. Everything is kind of web-based, so instead of having to back up everything on your computer like we used to have to do in the olden olden days, everything is in the cloud now on, on Google's website, so it makes it easy to kind of store things. But what they've done is they've taken that just a little step further with Google Slides. So 
basically with Google Slides, it it's kind of like a um, a um, an online meeting app, you know, that a lot of people will pay tons of money for, but it's free on on Google. So basically, you can take your your PowerPoint slideshow that you've created on your your computer, and you can upload that to either your Google Docs account or directly into the the slides account make slides out of those um, out of the basically take the slides that are in your PowerPoint presentation transform those into the the Google slide and then you can use that for all kinds of different things um, one of the neat things I've kind of seen that you can do is you can invite other people to view your slideshow. So if you have a, let's say instead of going face-to-face -face with somebody, instead of going into somebody's office and giving them a, a PowerPoint presentation or being in front of a, a group where you have, you know, three, four, five people or 10 people or 20 people or 30 people in front of you, if you, you can actually send them a link to your, the people in, in your audience, send them a link to your your um, Google Slides document, and they can access it on their iPhone, on their iPad, on any type of tablet, and they can follow along with you. So you can actually give them a presentation over the phone. So it's a it's a neat new kind of technology. It's one of those things that there's a lot of websites out there that will that will allow you to have these types of meetings. But this is one where most people have access to Google, so you just send them a link, and and it kind of does everything for you. So the the application of this type of of tech find is is kind of unlimited. I mean, basically, you just you can get creative and do all kinds of cool stuff with this. For instance, you can uh, if you're if you're even if you're in a, a a formal presentation where you have a hundred people in the audience, you can actually send everybody the link to your the presentation that you're delivering at that point. And the neat thing about that is that you can have built-in stuff like surveys and and chats and different things like that where people can ask you questions and and do all kinds of neat stuff with it so pretty neat I'm, I'm kind of impressed with what Google's been able to do with the Google slides application and you can download it free on the uh, on uh, the Apple App Store you know the on your iPhone or on your iPad uh, App Store any of those kind of things just kind of download it for free So this week's hot topic is persuasive communication in normal, everyday business conversations. And I, I'll tell you how this came about. I got hired to go speak in front of a, an academy last week in Orlando. And hundreds of people in the audience. And one of the things that the organizer asked me to speak on was how to give a persuasive presentation. And in fact, the, she was real specific at the way that she she requested the, the, the topic. But the more and more I talked with her, the more I started to realize that even though she's saying the word persuasion, and that's really what they want in the marketing piece, it sounded like what the what the folks in the in the audience really were looking for was really sales tips, how to actually sell something. And it, I, I'll kind of give you my history with with sales training because it's it's um, I, I started out as a sales guy when I well I mean I started out in the corporate business world and I was in the oil business back when oil was I think it was about sixteen dollars a barrel so really really bad time to get into the oil business so. I got into I got a sales job um, shortly after graduating from college and and I actually made some really good money. I, I figured out that I was pretty good at sales and once I kind of figured out what the real secret to sales was, selling was really easy. And and in fact, it's the same technique that I use in designing presentations. So it's really cool that I had that specific background because it's really helped me become a better public speaking coach as I as I, I kind of grew in 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 my expertise in this area. But the real secret to selling something or to persuading people is to find out what challenge or what problem that they have that you can help them overcome. 
If you can help your audience member overcome a challenge, they will do what you're asking them to do. If it's something that's really simple, really easy, something that they can ha- get an advantage from, then they'll likely do it. And, you know, a lot of times folks will say, well, people are really resistant to change. Well, that's true if they think that the change is going to be is going to have, have a disadvantage to them. But if people see that change as being a positive for them, they likely embrace change. They, they, they likely will do that thing. And that's really the secret to persuasion. And that's one of the things that I kind of mentioned in this in this speech that I gave last week. So what we've done is I've kind of given I'm giving the abbreviated version of that presentation that I that I delivered last week, just so you can kind of get some of the, the content of what I covered. So basically, I broke down persuading people in three simple, easy steps. The very first thing that you want to do if you want to persuade your audience or to win people to your way of thinking is you really have to think like your customer. And what most of us do when we try to persuade other people is we think that facts and figures and statistics and our experience in that thing is going to help persuade people. But it does seem logical, by the way. It seems like if you can give somebody enough facts and figures to prove that you're right, that they're going to agree with you. The problem is is that if the other person has a, a, an opinion that's a little different than yours and you prove to them that your facts are correct, guess what? They're going to try to, you, you're also proving to them that they're wrong. So that's one of the reasons why people are tend to be a little bit more resistant when we're trying to persuade people with facts and figures. And going back to my, my days in sales, one of the first things that I was taught as a sales guy is that if you want to, you want to persuade people, you want to sell something to somebody, you have to give them the features and benefits, which again, sounds logical. The feature of this item that I'm trying to sell you is blank. And that feature will allow you to have blank benefit, right? So it, it's kind of canned, and it doesn't really really work very well. Uh, I'm, I'm of a better, um, I, I, I get a lot better results by really trying to think like my customer. I try to put myself into that person's shoes and say, if I were in this person's situation, what problem do I have that I'd like to solve. <laughs> what is it that I'd like to do? And a, a good example of this is the fearless presentations class. I mean, we, we when we created the the two day public speaking class, that's really what we had in mind. We said, okay, so if somebody is going to be going through a public speaking class, what kind of challenges? would they most likely be facing? And we knew that statistically, 95% of the American population has some type of fear in public speaking, that there's a good chance that anybody who would be going through a public speaking class is probably going or has probably chosen anyway to go through that class because they have some kind of nervousness. And that's one of the reasons why we created the Fearless Presentations class around reducing nervousness. And, and of course, those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while, especially those of you who've been through the two-day public speaking class, you know that there's a whole lot more in it than that. We spend the first couple hours helping people conquer their public speaking fear, and then we start going into, into more impressive stuff, right? So things that are going to be more valuable, help people become, you know, fantastic presenters. And that's why the class really works so well. But it all started with trying to figure out what problem do people have or what, what, what potential challenge might somebody have. And by thinking that way, it makes it a whole lot easier to design your presentations. It's a whole lot easier to make your presentations what I call audience-focused, meaning that the audience will want to pay attention to you. If you're helping them solve a problem, they're going to pay attention to you. So anyway, so with that being said, step two is after you have 
after you're thinking like your customer, after you have that specific challenge that your your audience member may be facing, and by the way, I'm saying audience member, but most of the time for these specific types of presentations, you might be presenting to an audience of one. <laughs> You're just trying to persuade one person. So keep that in mind. When I say audience, I'm, I'm talking about to your, uh, your listener, the person who you're trying to persuade. So when that person who you're trying to persuade, once you've kind of put yourself into that person's shoes and, and figured out what the big challenge is, the, the second stage or the second step is to identify at least one real-life example of somebody else who's already solved that challenge. A lot of times, like we said before, people want to kind of give facts and figures as to what they, what what opinion that we have and why that would be true. So, a lot of times when we're trying to persuade somebody, our our, our response to that person our, or our advice to that person will say, "Well, here, what I think you should do is, or in my opinion, I think blank." Right? Anytime we start our conversation with a person that way. A lot of times human nature will jump in and, and according to human nature, we want to kind of play devil's advocate. So if somebody gives us an opinion, even if we agree with them, by the way, we, we can actually agree with the person's advice, but still human nature will kind of kick in and we'll say, you know what, mm, I can think of at least one situation where that is statistically not true, or I can think of at least one situation where that wouldn't work. And that's really not what we want to do when we're trying to persuade people. We're not trying to get people to argue with us. We're trying to get people to agree with us. So a good way to get people to kind of see the value of our opinion is to, instead of starting with our opinion, instead start with an example a story. It could actually be something from your own personal experience. So if you have actually experienced that challenge that you're trying to help your your coworker with or the person who's listening to you, if you're trying to help them through that challenge, just kind of tell them a story about how you overcame that challenge, then give them a piece of advice. And for some reason, that tends to work a whole lot better. Um, I, I'll give you a good example of this in real life. When So basically, the, the academy that I was speaking at last week was the Transitions Academy. It was it Transitions lenses are those, those eyeglasses that when you step out into the sunlight, they change the sunglasses. It's actually a really cool technology that they that they have. It's a really effective and useful technology. And so what they were doing was they were putting on an, an academy or a teaching session to help the doctors who who um, promote transition lenses for them, the manufacturers, the people in the labs, the salespeople, you know, basically hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that are in the organization communicate more effectively. And um, so I, since I was going to be speaking at that conference the next day, I, the night before, uh, I, when I flew into Orlando, I had dinner with my brother and his wife. Uh, my, my little brother lives in Orlando, and I don't get to see him a whole lot. So it was a, it was a neat way to kind of catch up. And, and he said, so what are you doing in town? And I kind of told him I was going to be speaking at Transitions Academy. And he was like, oh, wow, I have those. And so he kind of pointed to his eyeglasses. And I said, oh, wow, cool. I said, do you like them or, or do they work really well for you? And, and he said, he said, yeah, he said, he said, they're actually um, very effective. Uh, and he gave me an example of how he was able that how the, the lenses helped him a lot. He, he and his wife had just gone on a cruise and they had been back, you know, three or four weeks. And in fact, we'd been talking about the, the cruise prior to to uh, the conversation about the lenses. And he said, yeah, in fact, I took my lenses on the cruise and it was really helpful because, you know, obviously when you're packing for a cruise, you can only bring so much stuff, you know. And so, if, if with that, but prior to 
Uh, he said prior to him getting the lenses on previous trips or previous cruises that he had taken, he would have to bring, especially if he's going on a on a cruise, he would bring uh, not only his um, his eyeglasses, but he would also he would also bring his contact lenses and contact lens solution, and and he would bring his glasses with him because he knew that the salty air and and you know the the late nights and all that kind of stuff would kind of irritate his eyes, so he wanted to kind of give his eyes a break. And then in addition to that. He said, you know, since I'm going to be outside a lot, especially on excursions and that kind of thing, then I had to bring my prescription sunglasses. So basically a lot of stuff that he had to carry with him. Well, while he was on the cruise ship, though, this time, since he had his, his transition lenses, he was able to um, to just bring that one pair of glasses with him, and that's it. He didn't bring any sunglasses, didn't bring any any uh, contact lens solution, and he said they worked really well, especially going inside and outside as much as he did on the on the ship. You know, he would if the, uh, they would go to um, uh, when they'd get up in the morning, they might go to the buffet, which is kind of outdoors, and have to walk outdoors to kind of get to it. And so the switching back and forth from indoors to outdoors can be kind of challenging if you're if you're wearing glasses or, or kind of challenging if you if you have some, um, uh, contact lenses but the transition lenses helped a lot so it was a real life example of some some kind of little challenge that he had that that the the solution was the transition lenses so and that's what you want to look for whatever it is that you're trying to persuade your audience to do look for a real life example of someone who has already solved that challenge and use that story use that example to kind of prove your point uh, if I were going to do this in, uh, for you know our, our public speaking classes, all I have to do is find one person out of the tens of thousands of people who have taken the two-day fearless presentations class. All I have to do is find one person who overcame or significantly reduced their public speaking fear, and I've got tens of thousands of people to, to choose from to, to, to use as my example. So, And you, you probably do it in your industry as well. So whatever industry that you're in or whatever it is that you're trying to persuade people to do, use your real-life success stories as the, as the reason why somebody should do that thing that you're suggesting that they do. And by the way, for the first, uh, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years or so that I was teaching presentation skills training, we used to kind of end it there. And that's a very effective way to to persuade people, especially if, you know, going back to the transition lenses, folks, if it's an eye doctor who ha- who is um, uh, given an eye exam, it, it's, it can be awkward to promote something that's outside of the expertise of the of the patient. And so by using a quick example like that of somebody who had used that thing that he or she is asking them to do, it makes it a whole lot easier to, to persuade people. So that by itself works really, really well. But somewhere along the way, we kind of figured out that if you add a third part, a third component to the persuasive speech, it really reinforces it. And it's adding an analogy to that um, to that uh, that that um, story or, or example and in your opinion if you add an analogy at the end it really reinforces the point and it does it in a really fun and dramatic way so if you remember back from literature class analogies are are a comparison between two usually seemingly dissimilar things so you're taking something that somebody is already familiar with and you're comparing that with something that you're trying to teach them about or something new um, the what's interesting about an analogy is that the more dissimilar that the two things are when you draw that comparison, the more interesting it is. Um, I, I'll give you an example of this, of, of one that we use all the time in our in our class, and, and you'll probably see a lot of trainers and speakers who use this. We call it the iceberg analogy. 
Psychologists tell us that in our own entire lifetimes, we're only going to use or develop about 10% of our potential. And they say it's like looking at an iceberg. That huge mass of ice that you see on, the, on top of the water is only about 10% of what's there. 90% of the iceberg is hidden below the surface. And they say it's the same with us. 90% of our potential is hidden within us. So basically, we're comparing a person's potential, their, their potential growth, to an iceberg, which have nothing whatsoever to do with each other. And because they're so dissimilar, when you draw that, analogy of how how they are similar in this specific way it makes it more interesting for the audience the audience goes oh that's that is kind of cool right um i'll give you another good analogy that that one of my uh, class members used once i there was a, a a couple of folks from amgen pharmaceuticals up in rhode island they had driven up to a, a class that I was teaching in in uh, Boston years ago, and these two folks were were supervisors or managers for a drug line. So basically, they did the quality control on the the uh, cancer drugs that were being uh, on their specific line. And one of the things that that uh, the guy who was in the class did was he at at one of the breaks he went back to the coffee bar that was at the back of the room and he took a sugar packet and he kind of ripped the top off the sugar packet. And he kind of palmed that in his hand. And when he got up to give his presentation, he was he to, to, in order to kind of dramatize how important the quality control portion of their job is. He he said he kind of raised his hand and said, "Hey, have you guys ever seen a million bucks? Anybody ever seen a million dollars?" And all of this kind of shook her head, no. And he said, "Well, in my in my industry, a million dollars looks like this." And he kind of flipped his wrist out just in a in a little movement toward the table in front of him and a few of those granulars of sugar kind of landed on the table right in front of him and he said if that much contaminant gets in our drug line we lose a million dollars worth of product like that right so and it was one of those things that was really kind of cool he was comparing the the sugar packet or the i mean he was basically using that as a as a dramatization or a way to to reinforce the point that he was making so if you can use analogies or you can dramatize things uh, the the uh, point that you're making it can make it a little bit easier for the audience to to understand what you're talking about so going back to that transition lenses thing i can i can tell people that transition lenses can be really helpful to, for them. And I can also give the example of my little brother using the lenses on the uh, the cruise ship and how convenient that was for him. And then I can back that up with an analogy by saying it's, it's kind of like, you know, how uh, on a lot of new cars now, when you when it starts to get dusk or the sun starts to go down, the the uh, headlights pop on automatically. Well, that's what these lenses do. You know, when you get outdoors and you're in direct sunlight, the the um, the tinting on them kind of activates and they turn into sunglasses. So just like the the auto the auto uh, headlights in your car. So you basically you can use those analogies as a way to kind of reinforce it. it. Makes the presentation a little bit more fun. So I, so let me kind of give you one final example here just just from my industry um so like for instance if i were going to try to tell people about my public speaking classes and how effective are they are i might say you know well, a lot of people come to our two-day fearless presentations classes to get rid of that nervousness that they feel when they have to speak to powerful audiences and in fact i taught a class for a group of wheat farmers in st louis last month and one of the big challenges that one of the participants mentioned was that you know since he was an elected officer in the regional wheat growers association that now he's being asked to do radio and phone interviews which made him kind of nervous so since this speaker never really knew exactly what the interviewer was going to ask him about he was kind of nervous about being able to come up with the the perfect answer or a good answer anyway when when he was asked those questions so 
um, as a group, what we did was for the next few minutes, we just kind of brainstormed all the possible questions that an interviewer like that could ask this person. And, and then we also came up with a couple of analogies for some of the more important questions that were in there. And then we actually came up with stories or examples related to some of those questions. So if you, if you, if you were going to answer some of those questions, what kind of examples, just many little examples could he use? By the way, when we tell a story or an example, there's a different version. You can tell a, a, a two-minute story that has lots of details, like I did about my brother a few minutes ago, or you can shorten that down into like a 10-second or 15-second story. Like, for instance, I could give that same story that I told you before and just say, say my little brother went on a cruise ship. He lo- he was he wore um, transition lenses on there because they helped him save space in his suitcase. He only had to bring just one pair of glasses, didn't have to bring the the um, um, the uh, uh, the the solutions for his for his contact lenses and prescription sunglasses and regular sunglasses. So and it made it a whole lot easier because he was going in and outdoors so often. That's it. I mean, that's I basically I can use a ten or fifteen second version of that same story, and it's still it, it may not be as impactful, but it still makes the point. And so basically, that's what we did with this guy. He, we helped him come up with a number of different ten, fifteen, twenty second little mini stories that he could use to prove his or to to answer these questions. And then we just had him practice a few. So he went through three, four, five of the questions um, that that we asked him, and then he felt more comfortable about it. Then we had a few of the other people who were in the in the audience or in the class go through as well. And by him hearing how they answered questions, it helped him and proved how he would answer the questions as well. So just that little bit of practice in that controlled environment helped his confidence grow pretty dramatically and made it a whole lot easier now for the group to perform in those pressure situations. So if you if you really are in a situation where you're trying to to persuade your audience or if whether that's an audience of one or an audience of 150 gazillion, basically you want to follow those those three steps. Start with thinking like your with your customer. Think think like you're the person that you're trying to persuade. Put yourself in that person's shoes. Find the problem that this person is trying to solve. And then once you find that, the second step is to come up with an example or a story that you can use to prove that your opinion is true. And then finally, add an analogy or dramatize your answer in some way, and it'll make the whole persuasive persuasive technique really come to life. So, so thanks for being a part of the Fearless Presentations podcast. We'll see you on the next podcast. If you're interested in any of our public speaking classes, make sure and go to fearlesspresentations.com. Look for the upcoming class schedule. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week. 